Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hey, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Legero. And I'm her assistant. My name's Moshe Kasher. It's episode 53 of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and we are coming to the end of the road. Don't you think that people were kind of getting to the end of people's ability to stay indoors? Yes. I feel like more and more I'm feel- people are like scrambling to find a way. Yeah, I, I read about some ice cream shop in Connecticut that like opened up for a day and people were so mean and rude because they weren't used to being in public for six <laughs> weeks. That the shop manager had to like post on social media that they were closing again for how bad everyone behaved. Oh, dude, there was a <laughs> restaurant in, I think, Colorado that was in the news today that they opened for Mother's Day in defiance of the closure order. And they were like, we didn't just have a good Mother's Day. We did double the business of a normal Mother's Day. People are like, you know what? Give me COVID. I'm down to die in order to get out. So I kind of knew this was going to happen, by the way. I've always kind of suspected that what would. And I kind of suspect that the government knows it, too, that the, the quarantine thing was never designed because human beings truly can't stay indoors forever. I mean, they just, beyond the economic implications of it, people are starting to like scramble and go crazy. I really think the quarantine orders were in order to uh, to to soften the blow as much as they could, to give the hospitals a chance to get the the first wave of COVID patients in and out the door, sometimes, unfortunately, uh, in, in a bad way, uh, in order to get them uh, the second kind of, and I don't mean the literal second wave, but just in order to like get some of the numbers down and catch up. And I think that, I think we're in California, we've done a pretty good job of that, but you're starting to see people are fucking starting to crack up, dude. I mean, I'll tell you specifically the uh, former young people in Alcoholics Anonymous uh, uh, community of San Diego, California, if my Facebook <laughs> is any judge, is the center of the COVID truther community. I mean, it's so funny. What do you say? It's Republicans and hippies? It's 100%. The COVID truthers are broken down into Trump voters and like anti-vax hippies it's so funny like that that however far you drift if you get far enough on the fringe you meet your enemy out there just like oh i guess we're actually friends (laughs) i mean this fucking pandemic documentary the amount of people that i met in aa conventions in san diego when i was like 17 that are sharing this (laughs) pandemic documentary from the from the bowels of San Diego. I'm like, what is it about San Diego specifically that these people that were like, that last time I checked in with them was like, were like Hare Krishna juicers and like working at a tattoo shop are now like, the, the doctor, the epidemiologist who was working for Dr. Fauci was put into a, an internment camp and is now free to tell her tale. It's just like, 
okay, why do you? Why are you the person that I should listen to? Not the <laughs> the medical community. I should listen to you. Ten years ago, you were a failure. Now you what you've caught up and you you you've woke you've read you've taken a a red pill on the beaches of San Diego. Speaking of the beaches of San Diego, by the way, and speaking of cracking up and needing an escape, the beaches in California are on fire right now. And I snuck to a beach in the middle of the night recently, but I was socially distant. I was far away from everybody. Technically, this was illegal, but I went out to the ocean. It's glowing blue right now. There are bioluminescent phytoplankton in the water, and when the waves crash, it turns fucking blue. And I jumped on my surfboard and I paddled out. I've never experienced anything like it in you my life. You said it was a peak experience. It was an unforgettable, I will never forget it for the rest of my life experience. When I would paddle in the water, there would be a glow, a, a trail of glowing... So where do people go if they want to see this? You can't go. It's illegal. Stay off the beaches. Be responsible. COVID. But anyway, what I did was I went out. I could see fish in the water swimming, but not, I couldn't tell that they were... I couldn't see the fish. I just saw the trail. And when I would splash the water, it was like I broke a glow stick open. You were like Ariel. I was exactly like Ariel. I wanted to be a real girl. You were like a mermaid. I was exactly... I was a merman. <laughs> For one night, I was a merman. And it felt so good. And it reminded me, just being in the ocean after, after all this time, it reminded me like, oh, there's a world out there. We're going to get back to the world. There will be, we will be back to the world. Right before climate change destroys <laughs> it all. Right before the world ends. There's a world that's ending out there. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to get back to it quick because it's getting hot out there. But I'll tell you what, though. When I was on the beach, like, we're, I'm standing there and this, like, family wa- starts walking toward me. And I'm like, hey. Like, we're on the beach in a quarantine. I'm standing by myself. Obviously, I don't want you walking towards me. Like, and then I was telling my brother about that. And he's like, well, there's no real risk if you're outdoors. And and they were, I mean, they were six feet away the whole time. But I was like, it's not about actually getting the virus. It's about the boorishness of people walking toward me. But then I was thinking to myself, like, it's not really normal, is it, that my instinct when a person walks towards me is to be re- re- repulsed. Like when a human being, when I see a human being like edge towards me, I'm like, ugh, get the fuck away from me. Revulsion is not a good feeling. No, especially just for humans, any human, any person. I don't, except you and our kid. Like I don't want to, like the idea of hugging my brother right now sounds simultaneously like nice or my mom sounds simultaneously nice or claudia schiffer sounds simultaneously nice or grimes um i don't know why grimes but yeah i mean or her baby her weirdly named baby it sounds simultaneously nice and also horrible like i can't imagine hugging someone that isn't in my bubble do you feel that way yeah uh i sometimes have dreams i don't know i have dreams that i'm hugging people wait what or just like saying hi to friends and like... Who are you hugging? I don't know, just people. Or just getting that feeling and then being like, oh, I can't do that. Like waking up thinking that. I know what you mean. I'm just kidding. I have those dreams too where you're just like... you're. It's like a relapse dream. You know, in AA you would have that when you get sober. You all of us... It's every dream is the same. It sucks actually. Because you have this dream where you're like... You are using 
But you don't get to experience the fun of being high. You just have the guilt of having relapse, and then you wake up. It's like the the shittiest thing in the world. But it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not getting the love. For me, it's like you're not getting the, the the like beauty of embracing your mom. You're actually just getting the like. Oh no, I just got mom COVID. Wait, you have dreams about embracing your mom? I don't know. What are your dreams? Who the fuck are you embracing? <laughs> not my mom. Who is it? <laughs> Fucking Morrissey. <laughs> Who do you embrace in your dreams? I don't know. I don't. I, I, I've got to pay more attention. I don't know. It's just a feeling. I'm going to wake you up in the middle of the night tonight and be like, <laughs> who are you embracing? <laughs> the other things like our neighbors. What do we do with our neighbors tonight? Oh, they wanted to do group karaoke. Our neighbors invited us to do karaoke in the street. They brought us a sanitized wireless mic and they set up a karaoke station and they were singing karaoke and it was kind of too bad because... They're, they had technical issues and they had worked so hard. They set up disco balls on top of their house and like there was a screen that we could read the lyrics off of. I was so excited to do it. There was just, We just needed to get the mic fixed. We're, we're going to get it worked out. But how cute is that? Huh? We're perfecting it. Couple of, couple of, couple of uh, white, I would say middle-aged adults in the, in the middle of their street singing karaoke. I mean, that, that's some real... That's when you know the neighborhood's been gentrified. <laughs> when there's two couples singing karaoke in the street. Well, sorry about that, everybody. But it is nice to kind of try to get back to normal. Like just even the little inklings of normal that I felt. Have you felt anything like that? You went for a bike ride. You bought a bike. I know, but now I need to go out more. What do you mean? Like I feel I don't like going out in a mask. Okay. So I don't really want to go outside. Like, I don't really want to go on walks. But you went for a bike ride. You didn't wear a mask. That's true. I did. I did. Because you can zoom past people. You told me you were having fun on that bike ride. I had an amazing time on the bike ride, I'm, but that was just once. I'm didn't saying, you like, ride up to a family and spit on them and say COVID and ride off? That's what you told me. No, but I'm saying in general, I have found it's been hard to leave the house because of the stress of the mask. I hear Even you. Even just to walk the dogs around the block or something. I- and the mask and like, I don't know, I just, I, I just, the whole thing is stressful to me. So I find that I don't get out enough. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Tonight, and like the kid, she wants to touch every single thing. And then she's like trying to put like metal, like a metal fence in her mouth. And I don't know. I feel like tonight we went out to do the karaoke thing and our kid came out and she was like barefoot and, and. Uh, and unkempt and in a tie-dye shirt and she was jumping up and down and running on the sidewalk and in the grass and trying to sing along to the karaoke and grabbing the mic and banging on a drum and I was like this is what you're supposed to be experiencing as a little kid Mm -hmm. you know like our neighbor said oh the classic California toddler barefoot in a tie-dye shirt and I was just like yes this is what I was doing like you're supposed to be out and experiencing the world not like trapped in your in your compound but we're doing what we have to do right now but i do i just like i can feel that we're that the walls are are they're gonna crumble the walls of quarantine will crumble there's no way around that eventually they will crumble uh and the government will uh, will open things back up because it's just gonna happen and then we're gonna have to figure out what happens next hmm yeah sounds stressful it's all stressful we're living in stressful times our parents had it kind of easy, didn't they? They had like the least stressful years in modern memory. It goes like World War One. Before World War One, it's all just like a, a morass of horrid. And then it's like World War One, 
World War II, the Cold War, and then like the and then things kind of calmed down a little bit. And then from like the seven from like seventy to like this year in this country, things were like slightly chiller. Like the nineties were very boring. I miss them nineties. Yeah. That was that was nice. Although there was like gang violence and lots of killing and you I know. I like like the irony. Oh, you mean like that like Courtney Love, grunge, I don't give a fuck, disaffected, like Like a detachment. Yeah, right. I yeah. It's harder to be that way now. Yeah, just like, you know, being just sort of nihilistic. Yeah. I guess I guess you don't have the option to be nihilistic right now because people are dying. Although you know what, these COVID truthers, I maybe I, I gave them short shrift. They're pretty fucking nihilistic. You know, they're like, "Fuck it, I'm down to kill my grandparents if it means I can go deep sea fishing." I got to get out there. If I if I can't get a cheeseburger, I'm willing to sacrifice my grandma for a cheeseburger. Well, that is nihilism. Wait, so the COVID truthers, what are they upset about though? Oh, I like, can't like, even tell no, you. No, but I mean, like, it's going to open up in a few weeks. They just want it to be open up, opened up now. Yeah, they, they think don't their want, I mean, civil rights are being trampled upon. But more than that, they think they're being trampled upon for something that isn't real or is real and was started in a lab in China. And uh, they released it on purpose or it isn't real or they're inflating the numbers. I mean, there's like so many different swirling narratives at once that they're inflating the death numbers, actually, and the people that die of. And then they think like, oh, no one dies of the flu anymore. I mean, I read this list of like questions I have for the for the est- COVID establishment today. And it was just like, every, you want me to read it? Every one of them was stupider than the last one. <laughs> you want me to read it? I'll, I'll do it. Sure. I mean, you... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the list of... I think it was 19 questions I have. Don't, lead, don't read 19. I'm reading all 19, okay? Every single one of them is getting read. So buckle up for a seriously long intro to this podcast because it's about to boggle your mind oh it's gone it's been deleted (laughs) i'm not reading it that's how fucked up this information is here they write a fucking facebook post and then it gets flagged by facebook and they're like actually you're gonna kill senior citizens with this post so boink all right well look you just got spared quite an intro but you know what it's probably good because we have a great guest today oh i'm so excited let's call him now because uh you know it's getting late let's do it uh you know him he's uh he's been on every roast he's got multiple netflix specials and comedy central specials he's one of the sweetest and meanest comedians in the game the legendary jeff ross Hello. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Mosh. How you doing? Oh, man. This is crazy. The last time I was at a party, I think, might be your Hanukkah party. I don't think we're doing parties anymore, Jeff. I think that's kind of the end of that. This is our party. I grew <laughs> up in the catering business, so it's like that doesn't even exist anymore. Well, neither does the stand-up comedy business, Jeff. You're two for two. We're going to come back, but you know who's not going to come back is uh, close-up magicians. They're, they're going to be out. 
What do you envision, it's Jeff? Over. What do you, <laughs> what do you envision um, is a stand-up show uh, when we come back? How, how's it going to look? Um, well, as we all experience as we're starting out is, you know, audiences are small. So um, I don't ever want to go back to that. I'd rather just stay home and either find something else to do or, or, or be broke than perform for like social distance audiences. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were wouldn't that be silly? I thought you were saying you didn't, you'd rather stay home and be broke than ever perform to audiences less than, uh, the, the thousands of people you currently perform for. <laughs> no, uh, well, uh, you know, we currently perform for nobody. So if you tell me, all right, you can perform every night for 40 people sitting 10 feet apart. I'm like, all right, I'd rather just call your podcast and, and stay home and do do other stuff. Write a movie. I was thinking, Jeff, here's my idea for a live show, or the first one out. There's a drive-in movie theater about 45 minutes away from L.A., we do a we do a right. big do a big show. Everybody comes in their car, and instead of hearing laughter, they just honk their horns. Are you That's in? Perfect. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm in. That I would do. I'll try so... anything once. <laughs> That'd be I've so truly on surreal. The back of, I've been on the back of trucks performing in deserts and war zones. Like I'll, I'll perform on Zoom. I'll perform. I don't give a shit. Have you done a Zoom show like, yet? I've just done Zoom parties, <laughs> like showed up at friends' parties. How is and that? It's all, I like it because I can scout everybody out without them knowing it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> for, I'm ri- as a roaster, that's really good. You get to kind of like sniff out everybody's weaknesses for an con- extended period of time and then attack. <laughs> then when I've got them all ra- revved up in my chamber, I can say, all right, unmute me. And I go in. <laughs> Unleash the roast master, <laughs> Jeff. You've been... Unmute this motherfucker, Jeff. You've been doing these insta insta roasts, and you made fun of a COVID patient who was on a ventilator, right? He told me. He said. He said, "Bring it. Just make me laugh, please." I don't know if it's. I mean, it was. I saw it, Jeff. It was beautiful. It was hilarious. It was touching. It's. It was exactly what you do, which is like uh, sweetness through through roasting. But I was also a little Thank concerned you. with making a person with an upper respiratory pneumonia uh, <laughs> ventilator situation laugh too hard. It, seems, <laughs> it doesn't quite seem like that's a good oh, idea. Well, well, you're right, because he died. Did, did he? No, he's not. <laughs> it was actually a nice connection, because I asked the fans, like, and I, I put it on Instagram, like, looking for the guy, because these people come up on my Insta roast randomly, so... He was a one in a million or a one in thousands chance of, and then he's just sitting there in a New York hospital on a respirator waiting for help. And, um, <laughs> and you arrived. Yeah. And then I arrived to, uh, to, uh, um, try to give him some levity, but also like you have fans like salivating waiting for a roast. So I can't even remember what I said, but I think it had something to do with uh, how ugly he was. <laughs> I'm sure the mask didn't help at all, but I kind of no, I, not at all. I've kind but of, but he's always, doing better. He had a he had a rough time with the COVID, and he was in the hospital for a while, and now he says he's doing better. And he actually watched the Insta roast with the nurses. He said, and they really laughed a lot. So I felt good myself. That's really sweet. 
I'm kind of depressed, Jeff, because I thought that like you would have like a really positive attitude towards comedy and you would say it'll all be back in like a year. No, fuck, fuck it. It's over. I'm gonna, I'm, I just enrolled at an online law school. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a divorce attorney now. So if anybody, any of your listeners, if they, if they want to put an end to their endless honeymoon, hit DM me. I'll well, the I way- some legal... The way things are going, Jeff, we might be calling you for some of that advice as well, not just as a podcast <laughs> guest. Oh, we got the tort, the tort master general coming in, the legal brief master general. Wait, so Jeff, you're quarantining alone? No, I'm here with my girlfriend and two dogs. Cool. Oh, yeah, you found a German shepherd on the street. Yeah, in Hawthorne. What's up uh, with that? A you rescue know, founder. Uh, and, we, uh, and we... Yeah, we almost got a German Shepherd. We we tried to buy a German Shepherd from a weird Russian woman that promised us it would attack anybody that looked at us funny. But then in the end, we got a little scared. Yeah, no, we like we traced her whole thing, and she was a movie dog. She was a uh, she was she tortured uh, terrorists in Zero Dark Thirty, and now she's retired. Oh, that really? <laughs> Your dog has an IMDb no. page? <laughs> you know, she's just a. You know, we we actually thought she was really old, and and because she limps and she's blind, but but um, as we kind of take take her into our house and our hearts, I feel like she's getting younger. She's getting stronger, and um, her name's Rona. We named her after Corona. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very sweet. So you're in, inviting this love into your life, this new responsibility. She was so. She was so gross um, that we had the, the the groomer came and charged us double. She had like flies, and our regular dog Luna was so mad at us for bringing this homeless crack whore into her palace. <laughs> <laughs> Are you noticing any of the uh, telltale German Shepherd signs, like like uh, ultimate loyalty and suspicion of strangers? Uh, she barks at Jews. Oh, that's an even more <laughs> traditional German Shepherd. Well, you're a Jew. That might not work out really well. Yeah, but I, 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 I feed her. She hasn't had. She hasn't been like we. You know, my girl. Let me put it this way: my girlfriend has a a Dutch Shepherd, right? Who's eight years old? Who's in really good shape? And she's the greatest dog ever. And um, but my girlfriend's a vegetarian. So she's never had this dog's never had meat till she met me. So now she thinks I invented pastrami. <laughs> well, I mean, you you're a Jew, so that's close enough, isn't it? Jeff, you introduced exactly. me to pastrami, and I have gone back to the same deli for the pastrami sandwich you introduced me to five times. I love that. Good, and you know what? It's made your life better. Wait, it really has. You'd never had pastrami until no. you met Jeff Ross? Yes. I, he was at Largo and he had this sandwich and I couldn't stop eating it. And he told me it was from Greenblatt's and it was pastrami. And I've gone back many times over the years for it. Wasn't that this year? No, it was a couple of years ago. Anyway, the point is. All right. Well, Jeff. Like pastrami. Pastrami. pastrami mommy. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. Motion. Now, now, now you know what to have in bed on next Mother's Day. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. Why don't you keep your fucking pastrami away from my wife, dude? Hide the pastrami. <laughs> well, Jeff, look, um, thank you for letting us call you and reach into your quarantine. Uh, we love you. Uh, we miss you. And we thought maybe you could help us. Uh, we do advice calls and people call in. They've got issues and we try to help solve them. And you can also roast them if you want. 
Well, that might have to happen because I can't really say that I'm going to be a relationship expert. Well, so neither are we. If they can get through, if they can get through me, maybe you can help give them some some help. All right, let's do it. Uh, we're going to we're going to call right. Dana in Austin. Yeah, you're going to hear a second of silence, Jeff, and then we will be connected. Great. Is Jeff, Jeff are you still connected? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Dana, can you hear us? I can hear you, yeah, pretty well. Okay. You sound far away, but I got it. Well, we'll try to get closer. What's happening? So my issue is um, that I met this man named Charlie on a niche fetish website about a year ago. Um, the men on this site are willing to spend money to establish relationships or friendship with the women on the site. Um, they sometimes buy content like photos or videos or send us money via Venmo or other payment apps or buy us stuff off our wish list. Um, Charlie specifically stated that he was looking for a real relationship and not something transactional. So I made him think I was interested in him when I really only wanted his money. Um, and now almost a year later, I am actually interested in him and I don't know how to move forward with something real after my initial deception. Well, okay. I have some questions. What's the, wow. ni- what's the niche? I have some questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have weekends off? Cause I'm, I'm looking for a, uh, assistant for my, uh, production company. Wait, uh, Jeff, you don't even know what the niche is yet. Uh, no, I actually, I don't feel comfortable answering that because it's such a specific thing that I feel like it would out, like our community is really small. Oh man. Wait, can we guess to- towards it or uh, like, like <laughs> how niche is niche? Like do you okay. wear like white panties and he like has a flashlight and looks up your panties? <laughs> I mean, that's not fun. No, I think, uh. It's not, I don't know, it's it's not gross or weird, if that helps. Is it like... It's definitely weird if you won't tell us. <laughs> yes, it's like, there's four of us, but it's not that weird. It's it's definitely something everybody's into. Okay, maybe it's weird. Okay, will you just give us a hint? Yeah, give us a hint. Um, it's not... <laughs> I'm already nervous because she said, you know, uh, all right. Yeah, I feel, I honestly, I feel like that people would be able to tell it was me if they found out and that I would get in trouble. So I don't want to say anything. Okay, 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 fine. So you won't tell us what the fetish is. Does it have to do with the upper body or the lower body? <laughs> it has to do with the whole body. Okay, okay. it's whole body. You've already said too much. I know exactly what it is. Wow. Can we guess anyway? Yeah, Jeff, you have any guesses? <laughs> Jeff like- would probably guess it. He's a freak, right? Wait, I'm a freak. You like, you like to... Um, you like to uh, scan your vagina and fax it to somebody. <laughs> so Jeff Ross, you read me like a book. It's kind of like a period piece, huh? You just—it's like <laughs> old technology. Very cool, Natasha. You got to guess. All right, let me get. Let me guess again. Let me guess again. You like to you host an internet show uh, from a hot tub, and uh, your your fiance is the co-host, but you invite strange men in just for weird kicks. <laughs> Jeff, that was that's you're describing an experience we had together. <laughs> I'm trying to get Dana to open up to us. <laughs> well, Jeff, if you want Dana to open up to us, all you have to do is pay her Been or sp- spend some money on her uh, wish list on Amazon. She'll open right up. 
I think it has to do wow. with pain. I think that she likes like like some kind of like pins or some kind of like like a <laughs> it's, it's pleasure. It's pure like hedonism. Okay. If, if that helps at all. Okay. 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 Um, you like to dr- you like to dress like characters from success succession. <laughs> <laughs> Is he getting closer, I Dana? Theme song on my xylophone. Yeah. All right. So you won't tell us, um, Dana. Let me ask you this: um, What if, yeah. what if I, what if I gave you my word that we would beep, we'll beep it out, I, and, and and you say it, and we won't refer to it, but it'll give us context and an ability to make fun of you. But we won't. We you will prom- not. I you pr- promise me. You can. You can sue me. I've got a lot of money between me and I Jeff. Don't Ro- have any money. <laughs> you can sue Jeff Ross. Jeff is a very, very successful uh, producer and comedian. If we don't beep <laughs> this out, yes, I promise you, we will beep it out. I promise. Okay, I'll say it. Okay. I for money. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! That is I a- am very into this. That- <laughs> That is a good gig, dude. That sounds that is a good gig, Dana. I got to tell yeah. you. It's nice work if you can get it. Because I don't know if you know this, but Jeff, Natasha and I, we all do that off camera for free. We don't even get paid. <laughs> so that's pretty wild. Okay, so it's so, almost all I think about. That's, so that's the right. idea of together as a kink is like the greatest thing i've ever heard don't worry dana we're gonna beep that too don't you worry we're beeping everything (laughs) okay i promise i promise wait jeff that really turns you on uh it does not no no jeff jeff well yeah because to be honest the best one of the best fantasies i ever had was while getting a blowjob oh my god you would be you would kill on the site you would kill (laughs) Wait, Dana, can I, I leave something? Can I leave Jeff's fantasy in? I mean, this is getting really complicated. Okay. Worry, worry about that later. We're, yeah. we're, 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 we're getting somewhere here. Okay. I have to say something to Dana. Here's the thing. Yeah. If you have feelings, you have feelings and you have to follow those feelings. It doesn't matter if in the beginning you were using someone or I'm sure we're, I was kind of using Moshe for sex when I first met him. Wait, what? Really? I mean, I don't know. It's like relationships can evolve. So... If you're finding yourself with new feelings for someone, there's nothing to be ashamed of. That's you just have true. to follow that. Actually, that's true. Now that I think of it, I was using you for something also. And it was your financial success and nothing's changed. Moshe <laughs> <laughs> and I are in the same boat. That's right. That's right. I'm just trying to get my bills paid, Dana. I think the, that, tough, the tough thing is, though, if, if I can just be candid, is that I, I let him... Like, he thinks that we are in a long distance relationship and that we're going to meet after this crisis and that we're going to like be partners and stuff. So I let it go really far because I was trying to get something from him, which is super shitty of me. And I understand that. Um, so I'm at the point now where I'm actually developing feelings. I'm not sure if they're real so much as like, you're getting more desperate. (laughs) Yeah. Do I have feelings for him because he's like saved me in this pandemic or do I have, feelings for him because I actually like him and it, it's a lot. Well, here's and the thing. I've, Women are changing right now. We all want like, you know, we need help now. There might be another pandemic. 
So, you know, we're looking for some, uh, a life raft. <laughs> right. And we're all, we're all kind of like trying to partner up. Everyone I know who's single is like, I don't want to ever do one of these alone again. You know, so maybe people are starting to think differently and maybe you're thinking that he might be a guy that you would want to do that with. I mean, I think he, here's the good news. I think he, he, you, there's, first of all, you didn't do anything <laughs> shitty. It's like, that's the, you, you engaged with him in the first place on a transactional basis on a website, even if he said, I'm looking for, <laughs> for real love here on this sex work website. Uh, I don't think you he would be, did. I know, but I don't think that means you're beholden to pretend that you weren't there as uh, somebody that worked there. But now that's changed. Okay. I guarantee if this person, if you go to this person and say, you know, at first I was kind of faking it, but now I'm starting to feel like I'm really developing feelings. There's no possibility that he won't be excited by that. And if he isn't excited by that, well, then do you want to be in a relationship with someone that can't handle you being honest with them? No, you don't. That's true. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, Jeff. Well, that's well, that's good advice, Mosh. And I mean, he he already knows. I mean, he paid you, so he knows that part. And now he's around you 24-7. I imagine, or a lot more because of the pandemic. So it's not that you should feel guilty. You should be, you got to know him. You took the time to get to know each other. How you met, a lot of people meet at work. I mean, and essentially you, you, you met him at work. Um, and now you've gotten to know each other. And I think it's a natural progression. And I don't, I, I don't think it should be, I don't think it's weird. And, and I, I think if you're honest with him, are you honest with him on other aspects of your life in general? Yeah, I mean, so this is a thing that I do regularly and have done for a while. And he's the first person that I've ever talked about my family with or about like, I lost my main source of income because of this crisis. So I'm like doing, you know, like piecemealing work together. And he's really encouraging about that. And he's the first person that I've ever been myself with on this site. I'm afraid to ask what your regular income is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm a gig promoter at, um, like for an indie record label. So I just go around to like, I like clubs and bars and stuff during shows. And now does your, d- does your record label know that you do this other fun stuff on the side? No, I mean, I don't, I don't tell anyone, um, because I feel like that they would be horrified by it. I th- there's nothing horrifying about it. It's so specific and cute that it's all, it's almost I would put it in the amusing category rather than the okay. raunchy category. <laughs> but listen, I think look, your 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 situation is obvious what you need to do. Just fess up to how you're feeling and and it's okay to be honest. Oxygen is the best disinfectant. And look, Jeff just came out of his comfort zone. All he wants to do is make fun of you and break and break you down <laughs> and he just gave you really good advice. So <laughs> If you got through to Jeff, you'll definitely get through to this person. Okay, good luck, Dana. Okay. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Huge fan. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Jeff, that was great. See, you gave great advice. I knew you would, oh, actually. Thanks. I've never done this before. I'm really enjoying this. Oh, good. Well, we're good. Really, you're, really, you're genuinely trying to help people. I really appreciate really, I admire that. And now you have some new porn search words, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, Jeff, are you down to do one more call? 
Of course. All right. Are you guys? Are you guys? Are you guys learning a lot about your relationship in quarantine? Have you shared that with your listeners? Oh, a hundred percent. We, um, you know, it's like I'm sure you have the same experience, Jeff. It's like we, you have this person that you get along with, and you spend enough time. 24 seven with them and you realize, Oh, this relationship is really strong. It's strong enough for me to not be able to get away from this person. But all of the annoyances and uh, are turned up and all of the triggers are, are more hair trigger. We fight more often than we ever have, which is annoying because we don't usually fight at all. Really? What about you? Um, me? No, uh, Jeff. Oh, okay. Or you, Natasha. No, sure. it's okay. You said it. <laughs> I no, think it. it's been a good bonding bonding experience for my girlfriend and I. It's been good because we've never really been together 24-7. And if you can survive this without like hurting each other, I think it's almost like, oh, you know, this person's not violent. I'm glad I can check that off forever. Like yeah. If, if you didn't murder each other by now, you're pro- if you're with a murderer and they haven't murdered you now, you're probably I think I think I know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying too. It's like no, this is like, you know, they say like going on a vacation with a with a new relationship is like putting it to to the test. It's like this is like 9,000 vacations in a row, you know? So like I feel like I feel like we're stronger now even than we were before. Well, we're in a different situation. We have a 2-year-old. So it's like our our life is like extremely regimented and we have a lot of responsibilities. Oh, did, you, did the murderer get caught? <laughs> I guess she's not murdering you, but she's murdering somebody else. <laughs> My girlfriend's been um, cooking a lot, and she like painted my podcast room um, and doing a lot of really nice things. That's um, cool. Yeah, because you kind of find yourself like alone with these people, and I'm like, well, if I can't do anything, what at least can I do for the people living in my house? You know, at least I can like make them have a happier time. You know, so that's kind of like been fun. And then we have this cre- nice. we have this creative outlet which you you have too you have your podcast and your Instaros it's like that actually is kind of a fun experience is finding ways to be creative through the incredibly small keyhole of not being able to leave your house. You know, part the, right and there's an instinct like well let me go write write something a movie or or try to do something that would take a long time like a big project because you're in seclusion you know you know but you're also so in seclusion that you want to reach out to people and that's why podcasting and facetiming with friends and my family is always on marco polo there's like 25 of us um you know just saying hi and i'm on a bunch of group texts with buddies people are reaching out more you know my buddy my neighbor is seth green and he told me that if somebody texts him he he FaceTimes them back just to check in with people. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Are you are you enjoying this version of life as much as you do like going out to the clubs and driving and doing your sets and having like a night on the town? Yeah, that's a good question. It, I, I, I don't think I've ever stayed home um, this long in my in adult life. You know, I've without traveling, you know, to somewhere, you know, I'm doing comedy since I'm 23 or something. So to be able to stay home for a month and a half is kind of cool. I, I've never experienced that. So I, I feel like I'm uh, 
healthier and that I'm not on the road eating a lot of airport food and comedy club food. And you look good, eating. by the way. I, I looked at your Instagram. Ooh, you, were, thank you, were look, you. you were looking up pastrami pictures or what? <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're right, Jeff. Like, we all are having this experience. This is how I'm feeling anyway this experience of like, I thought my life was one thing and then that thing went away. And now I'm like, well, here I am and I'm still alive. So I get to discover this whole different part of what it means to, for me to be myself and for me to live this life. Maybe I'll get a bike. Yeah. I got some <laughs> yeah. rollerblades, Jeff. That's good. It's important to stay healthy and get exercise and not feel despair. Like, you know, <clears throat> we'll lose work and, and, and it's hard and the financial burden on everyone is hard. But if I was in high school or college or these Olympians that have the Olympics canceled, I would be in such despair. So I feel like it's important for, to keep a chin up for the people who really have a bad uh, or who really got screwed, uh, you know, the prom, you know, that kind of stuff is high school kids who can't socialize. It's got to be brutal. You're like life. Life's not worth living. You know, you're a teenager and you can't go out. It's so funny you say that because I talked to my mom today and she was actually complaining about the kids who are complaining that they're missing their prom. She was saying they're being spoiled yes. or something? <laughs> well, I mean, and she was saying that like so many people have it so much worse, which is true. Yeah, I guess if you get into the the, the sort of... The doctors pain. hanging themselves. I think they're both right. They're both right. You know, you can't expect a high school kid to understand that all that at any moment. But I don't know. I mean... Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's right. I don't agree. I'm, I'm on your side, Jeff. Like this, this would be absolute abject torture if you were all I ever wanted to do when I was 16, 17, 18 years old is go out, see people. At least now I'm old enough that I'm like enjoying having some time off. If you were, I mean, imagine being as horny as you were at 16, 17 years old <laughs> and just having to stay home with your parents for four months. <laughs> The worst. Uh uh-uh. uh. My nephew just did that. He was home for a month and a half and he finally was just like, bye. He just left. <laughs> yeah. He just, yeah, I mean, he's 19. He's losing his fucking mind. Yeah, uh, what are you going to do? Well, okay, we're going to call one more person. Let's call Zoe in New York. Hello? Hey, Zoe. Hello. Hi. Zoe, can you hear us? Zoe. Hi. Hi, Zoe. It's Moshe Kasher, (laughs) Natasha Legero, and our dear friend Jeff Ross. Oh, my gosh. Hi, guys. Hi. How's it going? I mean, it's fine. It is very (laughs) fine. So you're in New York. Are you quarantining alone? How's it? What's your situation? I am. I live alone um, in Brooklyn, and that has been sort of a, a mixed bag And that, you know, it's nice to sort of only worry about my own needs, but also I haven't touched another human being in like a thousand years, so it's okay. Well, mm. Jeff's nephew just escaped from his parents if you want to fuck a 19-year-old. <laughs> no, what's, what's his deal? Who knows? You got you to say yes or no right now with no more information. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, I'm in. Jeff, All right, book a- Book a forty dollar flight to Oregon right now. <laughs> oh God! Fine, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, so, what's going on, Zoe? Why'd you call so, us? 
Um, I wanted your input, your advice on a relationship situation. So, um, I am dating, maybe not dating, um, a man who I tried to dump twice already. Um, but it just wouldn't take. Um, and I, I thought that quarantine would kind of be, you know, we're not quarantining together, the final sort of nail in that coffin. Um, but it has not been. Um, he has sort of reached out to me regularly, you know, miss you and like to give me boring weather updates. Um, and I want to shut it down for good, but I'm having a hard time because his circumstances are pretty bleak. Like what are his circumstances? So, um, I would describe him as uh, gutter punk slash homeless adjacent. <laughs> where does he live? So he's currently living in a shipping container. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, I know how to pick them. Uh, a shipping container he has not bathed in two months. Oh, wait. So um, he lives in a shipping container. So when you said the final nail in the coffin, you meant that literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's nice to have him, you know, text me to make sure he hasn't like frozen to death. Where um, is he? What What port? So he has a plot of land in upstate New York and plot of land, uh, like just land. Wait, hold on. He's a homeless adjacent gutter punk living in a shipping container, but he's also a landowner. Well, he bought the land with drug money, so it's very confusing. (laughs) Well, I don't think you should break up with him. I'm getting that signal loud and clear. This guy seems like a keeper for sure. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess my my question is sort of um, how do I break up with somebody who, who is... lives in a shipping container? <laughs> <laughs> I think you do it. I think you do it with a forklift. Drop him off at the post office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the question is how to be not cruel when somebody is like literally caked in two months of their own filth i mean are you i hope are you just trying to be funny or are you really mean to him too i'm trying i'm trying to figure out your dynamic with this guy do you have sex with him not in the container at my house yes you you never fucked him in the container no unfortunately so so let me ask you this in this quarantine have you fucked him at your house no 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 oh god no no he fled and i stayed here and i sort of thought like good he fled i stayed here like does he get wi-fi in his shipping container (laughs) he does not he gets very spotty one bar service got it so how i i love the fact that you said he fled by the way because he did yeah i i, I oh, wouldn't well, i wouldn't have described it as he left he fled the 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 authorities were after him and he had to it must have been all it must have been alternate side of the street parking that day <laughs> yeah well according to him he has read a lot about epidemiology so he's an expert Oh, so he's wait. So not only is he living in a shipping container, but he's like also a COVID truther. This guy gets better. This guy's like an uh, a Russian doll of uh, red flags. Like the deeper you get in, the more you want to get out. Yeah, I mean, this is like the tip of the iceberg with him. I mean, that's. I, I feel like I should have stuck with the first attempt, which was after like a terrible Valentine's Day debacle. What happened? 
<laughs> um, well, we plan to go camping on his uh, land upstate. Or as he called it, just living. <laughs> <laughs> That's true when there are no other options. You're just trying to survive. Um, and he invited his friend to the weekend who was going through like a very messy divorce. Love it. Love it. From who? His uh, parole officer? <laughs> he fled his parole officer. So this yeah. guy this guy is beneath you. You don't like him. He he you don't stand for the same things. You don't like his morals. You don't you think he's kind of a loser. You don't respect him. So why do you why do you ever text him back? I I guess I just feel like if I were alone and like very alone i feel like and i only had a couple people that i contacted then like losing one of those people when you're alone feels really mean um well and so yeah Zoe, let me ask you something do you you must care about him on some level right i do i don't think he i think he means well he's just a stone cold asshole sure but i I, okay (laughs) I, I was going to say, don't you think he deserves to be with somebody that respects him? Yeah, yes. yes. And so isn't staying with him and staying in this tete-a-tete with somebody that you don't respect and he deserves to be with somebody that respect? Isn't it? It's, it doesn't seem like compassion. It seems like uh, maybe it's like uh, not the opposite of compassion. Maybe it's kind of like not nice to keep him on the hook. You're never going to give him what he wants. So, I mean, listen, if you want to get rid of the guy, call the Merchant Marines, hit him with a blackjack, and just get him on, on the road. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you are correct. I think it's just with, like, with quarantine, it's hard to tell. Like, there are no rules anymore. Everything is upside down. So, like, I don't have a sense of what is normal anymore. And I guess this is still, even in quarantine, very not normal. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, man. I think you should stay six feet away from this guy even after quarantine. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he might have had I some... I just of... washed my hands listening to the story. He does seem like the kind of guy that had COVIDs 1 through uh, 18. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that was kind of what I liked about him, that he was, like, rugged and manly. But, okay. you know. <laughs> I, have, I have a task for you. Okay, thank you. Just... Just text him half as much as you think you should. I like that. I and- already have done that. Oh. Okay, then cut it down to almost nothing, and he still is like grasping at scraps. Have yeah. how vid- how, You know, you're also grasping at scraps, which is what I assume yeah. his uh, punk rock name is. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Natasha's right. Cut it in half and cut it in half again. And if you don't feel comfortable ripping the the bandaid off the scab in quarantine, then just you know treat him like you know with a, you know uh, you're his friend and you'll stay in touch with him. And then when this ends, like Jeff said, break it off with him, but from a far far distance. Or maybe you get a hazmat suit and, and go say goodbye in person. <laughs> Oh, God. I oh, just also, hope he doesn't ask to use my shower, Jesus. No, he's not allowed in your well, shower. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the prompt, maybe, maybe you like him more than you're willing to admit. And I, I feel that fair. too. A lot, a lot of people are like that, and 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 sometimes we pretend we, you know, we like people more than we do, and then we get, you know, you get a little guilty, so you give him your phone number. Next thing you know, this and this and this, but it's okay to just be nice to him without you know, feeling like you're somehow 
uh, have an obligation in any way. I mean, you're just a young single person, right? So um, you don't have to be too worried about some homeless dude that you hooked up with here and there. That was very sincere and lovely. Well, I think you're allowed. Sure, you're allowed to move on. I think you're allowed to move on if you want to. Yeah, Jeff's it's easier in normal. And if you ran, and if you run into him, you can just be nice and say hi. How are you? Do you need anything? So you don't have to. You don't have to like. And and another another practical bit of advice is you can wait longer to respond too. Like if he texts you, you can wait like two days and just be like, oh, sorry, I have so much going on. You know, and just like, just kind of fill your life up and just ex- ex- don't let him think that you respond right away. This is how Natasha treats her opening acts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think Jeff, Jeff is right. Natasha's right. Like I, my, my instinct is that this guy, you're in, I, I'm seeing, I, I agree with Jeff that you you probably like this guy a little more than you're letting on. You're trying to be tough, which I think is fine, but I'm seeing like, you don't want to snip a lifeline that this guy needs in your in your estimation especially now we're all so lonely that uh even those of us that have deep connections to other people you don't want to snip another connection that's totally fine and i don't think that you're in a relationship with him if you text him back and i like i said i think that like you know this person he deserves compassion just like everybody else and and you're giving him that and so like it's all good like stay in touch with him if you want to during quarantine and at the end of it all you know break it off for them because you know you don't belong with them and if you stay with him you're not only going to have to get pregnancy tests you're going to have to do tetanus tests and you don't want to do that <laughs> and if you have a boyfriend he's probably not going to like you talking to this guy oh your nephew <laughs> that's right <laughs> eventually you're going to get a boyfriend and, and this is going to going to this will be clearer Amen. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. All right, good luck, Zoe. Good luck, Zoe. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank He's you. Correct. Don't fuck He's him correct. anymore. <laughs> okay, thank you. This is worth staying up late for. Oh, good. We're glad. And hopefully this guy, Scraps, doesn't listen to podcasts because uh, we haven't finished our life insurance <laughs> paperwork. So. Oh, oh, no, I tried to turn him on to many podcasts and he was not interested. So this is his punishment. Great. Let's not have him listen to this one. Zoe, thank you for contacting us. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Bye, Zoe. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Natasha. Thanks, Mosh. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, that's what we noticed. Like, you were talking about the people that are in all these various stages of of loneliness or or stir-craziness. It's like, when people call us on the podcast, it's like everybody... is dealing with some bizarre situation out there that quarantine has forced them into or or turned the volume up on. So, you know, it's like both of these calls. It's just like everybody out there in the world is dealing with their weird version of quarantine. So I guess we're just lucky that ours is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Well, you know, you're, 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 we're probably not even meant to be in the same rooms with the same person for that much time. Um, you get, you're bound to make people crazy a little bit, right? Yeah. Hunters and gatherers. It wasn't like somebody, everybody went everywhere. You know, like people leave, come home. They leave, come home. It's the oldest story in the world. And suddenly it's just like, you know, you don't have nowhere to go. It's very unusual, I think. And it tests us. It really tests us. It's totally. a race. I totally, it's totally true. I mean, we're very lucky that we're doing this during the internet. 
because imagine what this would be like in 1918 if we were all just sitting in our little like tenement house in the lower east side like not able to leave the apartment like at least we can <laughs> at least we can zoom each other and like at least you can call and we can have you over for an hour to help us with our podcast and vice versa yeah but back then when they when they couldn't do that they actually they'd write an opera or like a broadway <laughs> show <laughs> instead we're like how what's do i have to do quiplash on zoom all right i guess i will no but you know what's interesting is you were doing the podcast before all this it's like we're kind of oddly designed to adapt right now and you know being a traveling performer is almost um i don't know it's it's uh it's unusual it's almost like the way the circus was like hey i go on the road you know where most people just sort of sit behind a desk and do their comedy show that way. Not anything wrong with that, but I think there's always something special about performers that were on the road and, you know, it really sets us apart, you know, especially the three of us, like from some of our other friends who have, who might have a steady gig all the time or just be an actor, just be a writer. Not, not, not that it's adjust, but comics were always sort of this different kind of thing, like a musician. I, I and, do. Uh, I do yeah. feel like my superpower got taken away. You know, it's like, I never had to worry about anything employment-wise because I could always just go hit the road and do, and make money that way, doing the thing I love the most. Like what Patrice O'Neill once said, he got fired from a writing job for the uh, for wrestling. He was writing for the World Wrestling Entertainment, and they fired him. He's like, you can't fire a stand-up comedian. He's like, oh, you mean I have to go back <laughs> to doing what I've always wanted to do, my biggest passion? Okay, bye. You know. <laughs> so now, right. now they've taken away that power. Yeah, that's what Nikki Glaser was saying when we talked to her she said that that was the one thing you always had to fall back on <laughs> right and now that's gone <laughs> yeah well, yeah i guess the one thing we do always have to fall back on is each other we created a kind of a nice community and so it's been nice to uh have friends on the podcast and it's been great to have you on for sure thanks for talking thanks. to us jeff thanks you guys that's a nice thing to say it's a good attitude you know you're lucky you have each other it's really that's really special a lot of comedians they don't be you know it's hard for them to 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 share a life together but you guys are figuring it out and you go through the pandemic and you're still like reaching out to friends and then helping these fucking random weirdos you talk to it's a nice thing well it's one of these many things that we when you're counting your blessings you know i mean i feel like it, it is mother's day and i would be i would be remiss how, to was not your, how was your what is it your second or third mother's day now um i don't know i think it's my second yeah, it's your second Mother's Day. And <laughs> Natasha's a great mom, even though she didn't remember how old our kid was just then. <laughs> Natasha's a really good mom. So I'm, I'm lucky I get to watch her do that and go like, be like impressed with the woman she Here's is. Here's Natasha trying to figure out. I think the baby is two Montreal comedy festivals ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, I hope we see you soon. Maybe we can start having pool parties in the summer. Yeah, maybe when parties start again, if they ever start again, you can come back over for our Hanukkah party and we can have latkes again. I love your parties. Thanks for having me on the show, you guys. Thank you for doing it, Jeff. We love you. All okay, right, lots talk of love. To you soon. Okay, bye. bye-bye. Bye. Jeff's such a sweetheart. Yeah, I like him. You know what's interesting about Jeff? I should have said this to him directly. He has somehow figured out this way of using meanness to be one of the most and i don't just mean that he's a sweetheart off stage 
because he is a sweetheart off stage. But he's figured out this way of using meanness as a kind of kindness that I think is like kind of high level jujitsu of comedy. Like n- no one getting made fun of by Jeff Ross has ever felt uh, belittled, even when he is literally belittling them to their face. So anyway, he's a sweetheart. I love Jeff. And you know what else? White Lotus. Love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> 